I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Jeremiah chapters 18 through 22. This is the new King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. Jeremiah begins this prophecy with the potter and clay metaphor. Verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Now therefore speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now every one from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, That is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans, and we will every one obey the dictates of his evil heart. Therefore thus says the Lord, Ask now among the Gentiles who has heard such things. The virgin of Israel has done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow water of Lebanon which comes from the rock of the field? Will the cold flowing waters be forsaken for strange waters? Because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to worthless idols, and they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways, from the ancient paths to walk in pathways and not on a highway, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and shake his head. I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Then they said, Come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come and let us attack him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. Give heed to me, O Lord, and listen to the voice of those who contend with me. Shall evil be repaid for good? For they have dug a pit for my life. Remember that I stood before you to speak good for them, to turn away your wrath from them. Therefore deliver up their children to the famine, and pour out their blood by the force of the sword. Let their wives become widows, and bereaved of their children. Let their men be put to death, their young men be slain by the sword in battle. Let a cry be heard from their houses when you bring a troop suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit to take me, and hidden snares for my feet. 
Yet, Lord, you know all their counsel which is against me to slay me. Provide no atonement for their iniquity, nor blot out their sin from your sight. But let them be overthrown before you. Deal thus with them in the time of your anger. Well, here is yet another prophetic appeal from God through Jeremiah to the people of Judah to turn from their God-rejecting wickedness and be rewarded rather than destroyed. It begins with God's command that Jeremiah should go watch the potter work his clay, and he goes. The potter takes his clay and makes something. Before it sets, he can change it completely and make something else with the same clay. Then comes the prophecy from God to Jeremiah based upon this trip to the potter's house, beginning in verse 5. Judah should change their ways and let God reform their future away from destruction. Of course, Isaiah had already prophesied 100 years before that they would not turn from their wickedness, that they would indeed fall into Babylonian captivity. That prophecy is contained in Isaiah chapter 39. So how do you suppose the leaders react to Jeremiah's metaphor? Well, they made plans to slander him before the people and to kill him. We see that in verse 18. That's a tough congregation right there, wouldn't you agree? So how does Jeremiah feel about these people who are planning his demise? The answer is found in verses 19 to 23. Pay close attention to verse 23 when Jeremiah says, Yet, Lord, you know all their counsel, which is against me to slay me. Provide no atonement for their iniquity, nor blot out their sin from your sight, but let them be overthrown before you. Deal thus with them in the time of your anger. That's right. You read correctly. Don't forgive their iniquity. As far as Jeremiah is concerned, their actions are worthy of punishment, not forgiveness. Jeremiah simply asked God to give them their just due for their corrupt actions. So how about a secondary lesson from this passage? When we see believers rebelling against God today... Isn't it our responsibility to shame them rather than excuse them, according to what we read in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21? But we're not done with pottery metaphors. Here's another one in Jeremiah chapter 19, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Go and get a potter's earthen flask, and take some of the elders of the people and some of the elders of the priest, and go out to the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the pot-shared gate, and proclaim there the words that I will tell you, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring such a catastrophe on this place that whoever hears it, his ears will tingle. Because they have forsaken me and made this an alien place, because they have burned incense in it to other gods whom neither they, their fathers, nor the kings of Judah have known, and have filled this place with the blood of the innocents. They have also built the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings to Baal, which I did not command or speak, nor did it come into my mind. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tophet, or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. And I will make void the counsel of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hands of those who seek their lives, their corpses. I will give as meat for the birds of the heaven and for the beast of the earth. I will make this city desolate and a hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and hiss because of all its plagues. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters." 
and every one shall eat the flesh of his friend in the siege and in the desperation with which their enemies and those who seek their lives shall drive them to despair. Then you shall break the flask in the sight of the men who go with you and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Even so I will break this people and this city as one breaks a potter's vessel which cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet till there is no place to bury Thus I will do to this place, says the Lord, and to its inhabitants, and make this city like Tophet. And the houses of Jerusalem and the houses of the kings of Judah shall be defiled like the place of Tophet, because of all the houses on whose roofs they have burned their incense to all the host of heaven, and poured out drink offerings to other gods. Then Jeremiah came from Tophet, where the Lord had sent him to prophesy, and he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said to all the people, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring on this city and on all her towns all the doom that I have pronounced against it, because they have stiffened their necks, that they might not hear my words. Well, in this chapter, God commands Jeremiah to do yet another object lesson before the wicked people of Jerusalem and Judah. Jeremiah is to buy a bottle or jar from the potter, and then take the people outside the city of Jerusalem to the valley of Hinnom, where they've been doing a lot of pagan sacrificing, even human sacrificing. Rebuke them for their practice and throw that finished piece of pottery down. Tell them that God is going to break them just like Jeremiah broke this piece of pottery. How bad will God's wrath be? Well, bad, way bad. So bad that we see in verse 3, Behold, I will bring such a catastrophe on this place that whoever hears of it, his ears will tingle. It's most interesting that God instructed this to be done in the Valley of Hinnom. Look at the notes on Jeremiah chapter 7, beginning with verse 29, down through chapter 8, verse 3, regarding the significance of this location. Incidentally, Tophet is a particular location within this valley. Jeremiah prophesies here that the morals of the people of Judah will be so corrupt by the time the Babylonians arrive that they will have resorted even to the heathen practice of cannibalism, in verse 9. We see a similar prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 10. Jeremiah reported that this actually happened over in Lamentations chapter 4, verse 10, where he writes about it. There is the capper to this day of prophesying in verse 15. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring on this city and on all her towns all the doom that I have pronounced against it, because they have stiffened their necks that they might not hear my words. Then we have a man named Pasher. He tears into Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 20. Reading now chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. Now Pasher, the son of Emmer, the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pasher struck Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And it happened on the next day that Pasher brought Jeremiah out of the stocks. Then Jeremiah said to him, The Lord has not called your name Pasher, but Megor Misabib. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and your eyes shall see it. I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive to Babylon and slay them with the sword." Moreover, I will deliver all the wealth of this city, all its produce and all its precious things, all the treasures of the kings of Judah, I will give into the hand of their enemies who will plunder them, seize them, and carry them to Babylon. 
And you, Pasher, and all who dwell in your house shall go into captivity. You shall go to Babylon, and there you shall die and be buried there, you and all your friends to whom you have prophesied lies. O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You are stronger than I, and have prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, Violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. For I heard many mocking, fear on every side, report, they say, and we will report it. All my acquaintances watched for my stumbling, saying, Perhaps he can be induced, then we will prevail against him, and we will take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. Therefore my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed, for they will not prosper. Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them. For I have pleaded my cause before you. Sing to the Lord. Praise to the Lord. For he has delivered the life of the poor from the hand of evildoers. Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father, saying, A male child has been born to you, making him very glad. And let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew and did not relent. Let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noon, because he did not kill me from the womb, that my mother might have been my grave and her womb always enlarged with me. Why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow, that my day should be consumed with shame? Well, this is Pastor the head priest and the son of Emer. Now, we're going to see a different guy named Pasher in chapter 21 in just a few moments. This was a rather common name back then. Anyway, Pasher's had about enough of Jeremiah's doom and gloom prophecies, and he decides to teach him a lesson. He beats Jeremiah and locks him up for the night. The next day, when Jeremiah is released, he goes to Pasher and gives him a new name, Magor Misabib, which means in Hebrew, fear on every side. He goes on to prophesy that Pasher... Easier to say and spell than Magor Misabib, you'll have to admit. He'll be taken captive by the Babylonians along with all his friends and relatives, and he'll die there. A little persecution didn't slow Jeremiah down, did it? Then we have a tremendous insight into the life of Jeremiah when we read his prayer to God in verses 7 through 18. Here's a distraught man, a man who's just been beaten and imprisoned. He's not very happy even indicating in verse 7 that he didn't completely understand the job description for a prophet when God called him. Who knew it would be this hard? He gets no respect. People ridicule and persecute him. In verses 14 and 15, he wishes he'd never been born. You know, kind of like Jimmy Stewart in that movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Look at these two verses, Jeremiah chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. He says, Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. Let the man be cursed who brought news to my father, saying, A male child has been born to you, making him very glad. He even expresses this thought with the same basic words as Job did in Job chapter 3, verse 3. Job said, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was said, A male child is conceived. Here we see a human side of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a regular guy, but with a huge calling from God.
Well, no wonder they didn't like Jeremiah. Let's look at chapter 21, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah sent to him Pasher, the son of Melchiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Maaseah, the priest, saying, Please inquire of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, makes war against us. Perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wonderful works, that the king may go away from us. Then Jeremiah said to them, Thus you shall say to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, with which you fight against the king of Babylon and the Chaldeans who besiege you outside the walls, and I will assemble them in the midst of this city. I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger and fury and great wrath. I will strike the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast, they shall die of a great pestilence. And afterwards, says the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, his servants and the people, and such as are left in this city from the pestilence and the sword and the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life. And he shall strike them with the edge of the sword. He shall not spare them or have pity or mercy." Now you shall say to this people, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He who remains in this city shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. But he who goes out and defects to the Chaldeans who besiege you, he shall live, and his life shall be as a prize to him. For I have set my face against this city, and for adversity and not for good, says the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire." And concerning the house of the king of Judah, say, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of David, thus says the Lord. Execute judgment in the morning, and deliver him who is plundered out of the hand of the oppressor. Let my fury go forth like fire, and burn so that no one can quench it, because of the evil of your doings. Behold, I am against you, O inhabitant of the valley, and rock of the plain, says the Lord." who say, Who shall come down against us, or who shall enter our dwellings? But I will punish you according to the fruit of your doing, says the Lord. I will kindle a fire in its forest, and it shall devour all things around it. Well, the very last king of Judah, Zedekiah, sends another guy named Pasher. This guy is not the son of Emer, as we saw earlier, but he's the son of Melchiah, and he comes with a man named Zephaniah, the son of Maaseah, the priest. They come to visit Jeremiah and pick up a prophecy. Now, as I mentioned, he's not the same pastor that we saw in chapter 20. Suddenly, they're interested in what Jeremiah has to say since they see the Babylonians about to come attack Jerusalem. Jeremiah's been talking about this eventuality for decades. Well, the prophetic news from Jeremiah isn't good. He says, Jerusalem is going to fall. He gives pastor a tough love message to take back to the king. Isn't it interesting that before the crisis, the people rejected Jeremiah's true message, and they preferred to listen to the false prophets with their optimistic messages instead. Now that the crisis is here, they're looking for real answers and solutions. Hey, what can you say? Sometimes sinful people passed the point of no return, and thus did the people of Jerusalem. In this prophetic message to be recited by Pasher back to the king, King Zedekiah, Jeremiah makes it clear that the Lord himself is the one who will be orchestrating the demise of Jerusalem and Judah. Babylon is just God's tool. 
Now, in chapter 22, we're going to backtrack a little bit, and we're going to go back to King Jehoiakim. I say that because in chapter 21, we were looking at King Zedekiah, and Jehoiakim is two kings before Zedekiah. So chapter 22, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, Go down to the house of the king of Judah, and there speak this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, you who sit on the throne of David, you and your servants and your people who enter these gates. Thus says the Lord, Execute judgment and righteousness, and deliver the plundered out of the hand of the oppressor. Do no wrong, and do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, or the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. For if you indeed do this thing... Then shall enter the gates of this house, riding on horses and in chariots, accompanied by servants and people, kings who sit on the throne of David. But if you will not hear these words, I swear by myself, says the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. For thus says the Lord to the house of the king of Judah, You are Gilead to me, the head of Lebanon, yet I surely will make you a wilderness, cities which are not inhabited. I will prepare destroyers against you, every one with his weapons, they shall cut down your choice cedars and cast them into the fire. And many nations will pass by this city, and everyone will say to his neighbor, Why has the Lord done so to this great city? Then they will answer, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God, and worshipped other gods, and served them. Weep not for the dead, nor bemoan him. Weep bitterly for him who goes away, for he shall return no more, nor see his native country." For thus says the Lord concerning Shalom, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, who reigned instead of Josiah his father, who went from this place, he shall not return here any more. But he shall die in the place where they have led him captive, and shall see this land no more. Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by injustice, who uses his neighbor's service without wages, and gives him nothing for his work who says, I will build myself a wide house with spacious chambers and cut out windows for it, paneling it with cedar and painting it with vermilion. Shall you reign because you enclose yourself in cedar? Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him. He judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well. Was not this knowing me, says the Lord? Yet your eyes and your heart are for nothing but your covetousness, for shedding innocent blood and practicing oppression and violence. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, they shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, my brother, or alas, my sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, master, or alas, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of a donkey, dragged and cast out beyond the gates of Jerusalem." Go up to Lebanon and cry out and lift up your voice in Bashan. Cry from Abarim. For all your lovers are destroyed. I spoke to you in your prosperity, but you said I will not hear. This has been your manner from your mouth, that you did not obey my voice. The wind shall eat up all your rulers, and your lovers shall go into captivity. Surely then you will be ashamed and humiliated for all your wickedness. O inhabitant of Lebanon, making your nest in the cedars, how gracious will you be when pangs come upon you, like the pain of a woman in labor. As I live, says the Lord, though Kaniah the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet on my right hand, yet I would pluck you off. And I will give you into the hand of those who seek your life, and into the hand of those whose face you fear." the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and the hand of the Chaldeans. 
So I will cast you out and your mother who bore you into another country where you were not born, and there you shall die. But to the land to which they desire to return, there they shall not return. Is this man Kaniah a despised broken idol, a vessel in which is no pleasure? Why are they cast out, he and his descendants, and cast into a land which they do not know? O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Write this man down as childless, a man who shall not prosper in his days, for none of his descendants shall prosper, sitting on the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Well, as I mentioned, Zedekiah in chapter 21, he was the last king of Judah. The setting for chapter 22 is two kings back, back to the reign of King Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim followed Jehoiakim, and then Zedekiah followed Jehoiakim. If that's confusing, I've provided a chart uh, just below this in the written notes of BibleTrack.org. So it's just as I said at the beginning of Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah is not presented chronologically. So here's a listing of the last kings of Judah to give you a little bit of perspective. It was Josiah from 640 to 609. He was the last good king. Then his son Jehoahaz, a bad king, only ruled about three months. And then Jehoiakim, he reigned from 609 to 598 B.C. He was Josiah's second son. He was a puppet king who never really had a chance. And then Jehoiakim, from 598 to 597 B.C., that was Jehoiakim's son. And he was also a puppet king, and he never really had a chance either. And then the last king of Israel, of Judah, should I say, was Zedekiah, 597 to 586 B.C. He was Josiah's son. His original name was Madaniah, but he was a puppet king up to the fall of Jerusalem. There's a good bit of name-dropping by Jeremiah in this prophecy, but it all boils down to the fact that it's over. I mean, just over for Jerusalem. The Babylonian captivity is imminent. Nebuchadnezzar is the king who will lead that captivity. One can't help but notice, however, the long-suffering of God here when Jeremiah once again calls upon Jerusalem to repent to God and thus be delivered. Look at Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 4 and 5. It says, For if ye indeed do this thing, then shall enter the gates of this house, riding on horses and in chariots, accompanied by servants and people, kings who sit on the throne of David. But if ye will not hear these words, I swear by myself, says the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. The invitation for repentance and restoration is still there. However, in this very same chapter, God proclaims, just as Isaiah had 100 years earlier, that Jerusalem and Judah would reject this invitation and that subsequently would become a desolation at the hands of the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Babylonians. Verses 18 and 19 indicate that Jehoiakim will meet a violent death he came to a violent death, and his body was thrown over the wall of Jerusalem to convince the besieging army that he was dead, and that takes place over in Second Kings chapter 24, verses 1 through 7, paralleled in Second Chronicles 36, verses 1 through 8. Verse 19 goes on to say, He shall be buried with the burial of a donkey, dragged and cast out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Well, he should have listened to Jeremiah. Jeremiah then addresses the fate of Jehoiakim's son and successor, Kaniah, also known as Jehoiakim. Kaniah was his abbreviated name. In verses 24 through 27, he prophesies that Jehoiakim will be exiled to Babylon, 
And that also happened in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 8 through 17 in 597 BC. According to the Expositor's Bible commentary, he, being Jehoiakim, is mentioned under the name of Joachim in ration tablets between 595 and 570 BC. These were unearthed near the Ishtar Gate in Babylon, and they're known as the Wiedner Tablets. And that's the end of the quote from Expositor's Bible Commentary. Then Jeremiah further prophesies in verse 30 that none of Jehoiakim's descendants will ever occupy the throne of David. As a matter of fact, Zedekiah, Jehoiakim's successor and the last king of Judah, Zedekiah was the son of Josiah, king of Judah from 640 to 609 B.C., that's Josiah we're talking about. Zedekiah was the last king, and he was placed there as a king by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. As I mentioned earlier, he was a puppet king. Now, there are some messianic implications in that prophecy, and if you want to know more about that, then look at the uh, discussion on the genealogies that you'll find in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, and Luke chapter 3, verses 23 to 38. Uh, look at my notes on those chapters and you'll see what those implications are. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.